Hi, my name is Sam Williams, so welcome to episode number 7 of my brand new podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. First of all, I'd like to welcome all of you to episode number 7 of my brand new podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or on Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, or on Google Play, and you're wondering, so what the heck is this? Well, I'm just going to give you a brief description of what the show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, I'm a 22-year-old songwriter slash producer, and I'm also a huge 60s music fan slash expert slash nerd. And each week for this podcast, I review one song... I want artists from the 60s and first talk about my opinion on the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks. And then I do a personal analysis on the record on the arrangement of the song, which may include uh, the chords, melody, and lyrics. And then dig deep into the history behind the record, which will include who wrote it, who produced it, and who played on it, and all the juicy behind-the-scenes details on the group or the song I talk about each week, and all the people and places involved in the making of the record. So basically, that's what this podcast is all about. I'm basically giving you guys a millennial's perspective on classic music from the 60s, which can differ from someone who was there at the time and grew up listening to this music when it was popular and brain spanking new. But really, I'm also trying to educate people around my age on this great music and turn them on to stuff they may have never heard before and teach them about these groups so that way they will learn something about the people that made these records come to life since I've personally done my own research on a lot of these records and I've gained quite a lot of knowledge on this very specific decade of music, and you'll see that within each episode of this podcast. But before we move on with this week's episode, I actually want to take the time to do a quick little shout out to a friend of mine that decided to review my podcast, and I'm just going to go ahead and read the review for you guys to see what he said about my show. Okay, so here's what he said. Sam has a passion for 60s music that's fun to listen to here. I've been able to learn a great deal and hear songs from this era I really like that I've never been introduced to before. Really love the Chris Montez interview. Wow, now isn't that a fantastic review? Now let's be honest here. I think I've accomplished one of my main goals I have with this podcast, and that is to educate people around my age on this great era of music and turn them on to stuff they may have never heard before if it hadn't been for me, and I think I have accomplished that with Andrew, even though he is a little older than me, but that's besides the point. I mean, he wasn't there in, during the 60s and wasn't old enough to remember that decade, so I think he should be count as millennial. But let me just say a couple really great things about Andrew before we move on to this week's song. Andrew Samples is a super sweet, talented guy from Nashville, Tennessee, and I first met him at the songwriting school some years ago, and we became fast friends ever since. When I first heard Blue Love, I was blown away with how good the production and song was. I was very impressed. I hope to sometime soon get to see him perform either him as a solo artist or him with the band. And you can find him on social media as Instagram username at Andrew Samples, and it's all lowercase. And the name of the album that's on Spotify is called The Alchemist. And by the way, it's his album, and he also has a single out now called Blue Love. But moving on, let's get started with this week's song, shall we? Okay, so the record I'm going to review this week is a song that's so well-crafted and arranged and recorded. It really does stand the test of time. It has so many memorable and great characteristics about it that you might even know this song. And, you're, and if you're listening to the show and you're around my age. The song was recorded in November of 1964, released in its home country in January of 1965. 
and America in March of 1965. It's not other than Tom Jones. It's not unusual. Holy crap. I mean, this record is absolutely fantastic. I mean, talk about a really good arrangement. I mean, on this record, the rhythm sectional to steady grew along with the band hand claps and then mainly just plays the chords of the song. So, so that way there is no real interference to lead vocal except for when it cuts out briefly. What really makes this record fantastic is the horn section. I mean, talk about horn parts you can sing along to. I mean, the horn lines in the song almost serve as hooks on their own. In addition to the horns making this record a huge melting pot of many different genres of music of that era, as well as the fantastic little guitar solo on the bridge. I mean, all those things make this record a very hard to put into one musical category. I mean, is it pop? Is it swing? Is it rock? Is it R&B? Well, I'm pretty sure the song is a mixture of all of those genres put together. And that's what makes it so fucking cool. And plus, let's take a few minutes to talk about the length of the song. It's almost less than two minutes long, but yet it's the perfect length. I mean, anyone that's super busy and is juggling many different things in their day-to-day lives can sink their teeth into this one because it's so short and will only pretty much take two minutes and two seconds of your time to listen to it. Which honestly isn't a whole lot. And trust me, it is so worth it. And plus, Tom gives a fantastic vocal performance in this song. I mean, his voice sounds larger than life on this record, and the rhythm guitar uh, on this record almost sounds more like a 70s guitar, because if you listen closely, it sounds like whoever is playing the electric guitar and is playing the rhythm has his guitar plugged in to a wah-wah pedal, or his guitar was EQ'd in a way that it almost sounds like a 70s guitar, but not so much a 60s rhythm guitar. Another reason why I love this song so much is because of its use of its major minor 7 chords. And I've always loved those chords because people hardly use them in Western popular music. But they are just the best sounding chords in music in general, in my opinion. But now I'm really excited to talk about what the song is about lyrically. Because this song is a classic example of a super upbeat and catchy song. And you would think with a song with this tempo would have super happy lyrics to go along with it. Well, this is one of those songs that is super up-tempo, but the lyrics are not so happy, and are actually kind of depressing. Basically, what the song's about, it's about a, a song is about a man who can't see, stand to see his girl he used to date with another man, but he dismisses it and claims that it really isn't a big deal for her to see and date other guys, hence the song's hook and title, It's Unusual, but it really hurts him deep down inside whenever he sees it happen. While the subject matter of the song isn't something I can directly relate to since I've never had a girlfriend, oftentimes I get frustrated and upset when a woman chooses to be with another man over me. And oftentimes I wonder why that happens and what I could have done to make her choose me instead of him. And frankly, it just happens way too much and way too often with me. But to me, it feels like that's a lot of what the person that wrote these lyrics for the song are feeling, even though the storyline is probably a little different. Meaning the couple used to date and now the guy can't stand to see his ex with other guys. Um, the feelings involved within the song are the same as when I feel frustrated and upset when a girl chooses to be with another man instead of me. Oftentimes there's nothing we can do but accept the situation for what it is and move on. Which is something that for me is pretty easy to do. But for others it may not be so easy. But moving on let's talk about the history behind this specific song because... This time around for this specific song I'll be reviewing on the show. You might actually know this song if you're around my age because if you grew up watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you probably would have seen a character on that show doing a dance called Carlton to the song. 
And this was an extremely big hit for this specific artist, and it really is a signature song. But you probably don't know the backstory behind this specific song or artist. First, let's talk about Tom Jones. Tom was a Welsh singer originally from Wales, a country just southwest of the UK. He was first signed to Decca Records in 1964 after he was discovered by Gordon Mills, who became his manager after he saw him performing as the frontman of a group called Tommy Scott and the Senators at this place called the Top Hat in Wales. Mills took him to England and hired producer Peter Sullivan and co-writer slash arranger Les Reed to become part of Jones' team. And by the way, Tom Jones' real name was Thomas John Woodward. And also, he got his name because they wanted to name him, wanted to give him more of a commercial name besides Tommy Scott. So, there was a movie that came out just a year before he was signed to Decca Records called Tom Jones. So, they named him Tom Jones. And that's how he got his name. Jones' first single, Chills and Fever, bombed, but his writers and producers still had faith that a big hit for him was just around the corner. But that leads me to another really interesting thing that I wanted to talk about with you on this specific song, is that the writers behind the song, Les Reed and Gordon Mills, Jones' manager, did not originally have Tom Jones in mind as the main voice of the song. He sang on the original demo version of the song, but actually the writers of the song originally wanted Sandy Shaw to sing the song, hence why they just had Jones sing on the demo instead of the master. But when Sandy Shaw heard the original demo version of the song, she respectfully turned it down and said, whoever is singing on the demo for the song, it's his song, not mine. So when she said that, the producers quickly came back to Jones and offered him to sing on the original master for the song. He said, okay, I'm down. And then this, then this when they went into Decca Studios, in West Hampstead on November 11, 1964, to record what would become Jones' signature and first big hit record. On the session were Peter Sullivan producing, Les Reed arranging, an ace group of London-based studio musicians which included Andy White on drums, Vic Flick and Joe Moretti on guitar, Eric Ford on bass, and Kenny Solomon on organ, and John Carter and Ken Lewis on backup vocals, and a little-known guy who was recruited for the session because Tom Jones' group was missing a keyboard player, so one of the members of the group walked across the street to a cafe and brought, it, brought him into for the one-day session. And by the way, he did play piano in the song. His name is Reginald Dwight, and he would later become known as Elton John. And by the way, the incredible horn section of the song included Sam Roderick and Kenny Baker, Bert Ezert, Ray Davies, and Ronnie Blair on trumpet, uh, Ronnie Ross and Bob Eppert on tenor sax, and Harry Klein on barry sax. The single was released in the UK in January of 1965 and it shot all the way to number one in the UK and it peaked at number 10 in America in March of 1965. Tom Jones still played the song at every show he does and it's the one song that everyone has heard uh, that has heard of his music identifies with him when they hear his music. It really is and it always will be his signature song. So that concludes episode number seven of my brand new podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I hope you guys enjoyed my analysis on this record and found my information about the singer I talked about in this week's episode interesting. And if you did, please shoot me an email at samhickeyvilliams.com. And also, please follow me on Instagram at IROLIES and check out more of my original music at samwilliamsmusic.net. And also, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review from it from wherever you're listening to it from. And I'd love to hear what you think of the show. And also, 
Uh, like I said before in one other episode of the show, if you're a musician slash songwriter, and I know you personally, you leave a really good review for my show in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to it from, I will personally give you a shout out on the show like I just did with Andrew Sample. So if I know you, you're a songwriter slash musician, you give a really good review for me and my show in iTunes or in Stitcher or wherever you're listening from, I will personally shout you out in a future episode. So... Please do that because I think you're going to want a shout out from me, especially if you know me. All right. And I'll tell my listeners where they can follow you on social media and I'll say something good about your music or something good about you. And I'll let my listeners know that. All right. So I'm Sam Williams and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast. Until next week, please keep things good.